Tonight, God's Word comes to us from the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter 1. We're going to read this entire chapter, our focus tonight, on verse 8 and following. Ruth chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, what we hear now is God's Word. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. They lived there for about ten years, and both Malon and Kilion died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. And she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb? that they may become your husbands. Turn back, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it is exceedingly bitter for, to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said, no more. So the two of them went on till they came to Bethlehem. 
And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? She said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? When the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me. So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, last week we began to look at this beautiful book, a small book in the Old Testament And I suggested that although the book is entitled Ruth, uh, it is actually the story of Naomi. Yes, Ruth will uh, prove to be the hero of the book. It's a story of God's dealings with the woman Naomi. We saw that it is a very regular, ordinary story. There are no great kings, there are no great battles, there are no great floods. It's a story about the regular events in the life of regular people, which perhaps is why it resonates so much with us yet today. It's a book with two main themes in it. There is the theme of redemption, and that theme we will look at particularly when we get to chapters 3 and 4. It is also a book about providence. And that's the theme we see played out in the first two chapters of the book. We notice that in verse 13 right away as as Ruth talks to her daughters and says, The hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Things were going bad for Naomi, yet she recognizes it is still the Lord who is in control. Children, that is what providence means. I said that last week. I'll say it again tonight. You'll probably hear it again next week. Providence means whatever happens, God is still in control. He is the God who is in charge of everything. I think if I was to pick a key verses of Ruth chapter 1, it would be verse 20 and 21 where where she says to the woman, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. And yet we're going to see how in the rest of the story, It is a story of God once again filling Naomi in her life. She says, call me Mara. Mara means bitter. She she is bitter because she sees all the things that she has lost. She has lost food. There was a famine in the land, not in the land, a famine in the house of bread in Bethlehem. And there's no food to be had. As a result of that, she loses her home. They travel from Israel, from the place where God dwells, and they go to Moab. 
across the Jordan River, on the very edge of God's people, away from the presence of God. She's lost food, she's lost home, and she's lost her family. Her husband dies. After a number of years, both sons die. And we'll see as well, one of her daughter-in-laws will leave also. The most basic, fundamental needs of life she has lost. She is bitter. But beyond that, we see that Naomi has lost hope. She's lost hope in life. Verse 8, Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. She doesn't see her life as ever getting any better. Don't stay with me, she says. Go back to your own homes. There's nothing for you here. Verse 9, the Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband, because you're not going to find rest here with me. I've got nothing to offer you. God himself is against me. Ruth, has, uh, Naomi has lost hope. When they say, no, we will stay with you once again in verse 11, Naomi says, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way. I am too old to have a husband. And even if I should, if I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and bear sons, would you wait till they are grown? No, my daughters, the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. There's nothing here for you. No possibility of husbands. Even I'm too old to get married, and even if I would, they wouldn't be husbands for you. There's no life here with me. Naomi has lost all hope. The hand of the Lord has gone out against me. That, hand, that, 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 that phrase with the connotation, the hand has gone out against me, as a warrior goes out to battle against another person. God himself is like an enemy to me. He is a warrior coming against me. And how, how can I withstand that opposition? Hearing all of this, in verse 14, they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Orpah will leave and go back to her people. She will leave, but Ruth will remain. Even though it is bitter, even though she is empty of all things, Ruth remains to be an encourager to Naomi. In our times of struggle, in our times of difficulty. We may at times say, call me Mara. Life is bitter right now. The hand of the Lord seems as if it is against me. It is what, it is what the Puritans would refer to as a frowning providence. A frowning providence. Recognizing God's hand is at work, but right now, that hand seems as if it is against me. 
There's no hope. There's no life. There's nothing here for me. We recognize. All of us in life go through times of difficulty, go through times of struggle. When we say, call me Mara, it seems as if God has forgotten me. In those times, it's important for us to, to, to recognize that, that we can lift our pain to God in prayer. We read that in Psalm 31. We've sung that tonight as well. We can bring our petitions to God, even though it seems as if he has gone out against us. The word of God still speaks to us. The word of God still speak word, speaks words of comfort and of hope and of assurance. God has not forgotten his people. In fact, sometimes it is in those, those trials, those difficulties, those times of bitterness that we are driven back into the Word of God. It's so easy for us when, when things start to fall apart to drift away from God's Word, to drift away from God's people, to stop attending the means of grace. And at times, God brings those, those difficulties to arrest us in our tracks that we're driven back once again to God and once again to his people. Naomi is bitter, but God provides for her. God gives her Ruth. Ruth, whose name means companion, whose name means friend. God provides Ruth as an encouragement to Naomi during this time. Again, verse 15, Naomi says, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. And Ruth says, No, don't urge me to leave you or to return from following you. Don't urge me to go. Don't, don't reject the provision God has given to you. I'm Ruth. I'm the companion. I'm your friend. I'm the one who will stay. Don't try to turn me aside anymore. She says, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there will I be buried. I will stay with you. I will continue to be Ruth, your companion, your friend, whether you travel, whether you live, or whether you die. I will always be with you. And she even takes, takes an oath on her lips, the oath formula at the end of verse 17. May the Lord do so to me and more. Also, if anything but death parts me from you. She takes an oath in the name of God. Words of comfort, words of assurance. I will continue to be Ruth to you. I will be near you, even in a frowning providence. I will see that, you will see that I remain. And, and Naomi needed to have her eyes opened to that. All she could see was the emptiness. All she could see was the bitterness she was failing to see God's provision. Look what the story, I mean, it's almost uh, uh, humorous in verse 19. So the two of them went on till they came to Bethlehem. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? 
She said to them, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. I am empty. Ruth is standing right there. Ruth, the companion, is with her. But all she can see is the emptiness. She she needs to have her eyes opened to the provision of God for her. It is so easy for us in times of difficulty, in times of struggle, to lose sight of the provision God has given to us. The provision of of belonging to a people, belonging to the body of Christ, having others who are concerned about us, who love us, who will pray for us. All we can see is the emptiness. We fail to see what God has provided. He has given us a Christian family, companions, friends to help us in these times of difficulty. She says in verse 20, the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me, the end of 21, the Almighty has brought calamity upon me. Even in this this bitter, dark, empty place, she still gives a tacit acknowledgement that God, that God still is in control. She, she, she begins to see the Almighty has gone out against me. The Almighty has brought calamity. She uses that beautiful descriptor of God. The descriptor of God is powerful. A God who is powerful to accomplish all of his purposes. There, there, there is a, a small glimmer of hope This God is not uh, a God who is unable to do anything. He is the Almighty God. A God who will work His purposes out in the life of Naomi. And as we look at at this this book of Ruth and how Naomi deals with trial and how God provides for her, we too get a picture of of how we are to go through our lives to recognize the provision of God and that all things do work according to his purposes. Now that's a confession that we make by faith, that God's in control. It's sometimes very hard for us to see, especially when it looks like the evidence is stacked up to the contrary, that we don't see God's God's smiling providence. We see the, the frowning providence at this point. But this story pushes us beyond itself. It pushes us to see see a greater companion, a greater friend, a greater loved one that God has given to us. It pushes us beyond Ruth to see the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who, who, like Ruth, will say, I won't leave you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. That's the promise we have from God. Ruth says, where you lodge, I will lodge. That's exactly what Christ did. He didn't remain in heaven. He came down to us. 
to live among us. And beyond just encouragement, He is the one who meets our deepest need in taking away not only the emptiness and the bitterness, but taking away our sin itself. This beautiful provision of God, He came. And yet, yet it seemed, it seemed that perhaps God's hand was against His Son as well. Jesus would be crucified on a cross. He would cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It would seem as if he was living under a frowning providence. They could never have known on that good Friday night that the death that was being witnessed would bring life to each and every one of God's children. Behind the frowning providence was the abundant blessing of God. When we go through times of difficulty, times of trial, we look also to Jesus Christ. We may not understand what God is doing, but we know that God does work for our good. We make that confession by faith. God is working his purposes out for each and every one of his own. And so... So he calls us once again tonight to embrace that Jesus Christ, to put our trust in that Jesus Christ, that that friend who will stick closer than a brother, and that friend who loves us so much that he gave up his life that we might have life. Trust him. Trust him for your eternal salvation, and then also know he will care for you in this life as well. That's the beautiful picture given to us as, as the story of Ruth begins to unfold. As Naomi, Naomi says, God has gone out against me. I went away full. I've come back empty. We're going to see how God is going to, in miraculous, powerful, wonderful ways, fill her once again. Oh, there's a, there's a hint at that. Again, it's a beautifully told story. There's a hint at that in verse 22. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Kids, the Bible never gives us anything we don't need to hear. Everything written is significant. It's all an important part of the story. This is not just a marker of time. It's it's the beginning of the barley harvest. What was the problem? There was no food. There was no bread. And we have this, this brief statement given to us that they return at the beginning of a great harvest of barley. God is going to work his purpose out. There is hope. He has not forgotten his own. When you find yourself in those times of difficulty, when you find yourself saying, call me Mara, the Lord's hand is against me, look to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Even behind a frowning providence, God is working his purposes out to be a blessing to his people, to bring us to a place where we we can enjoy the abundance that he provides. 
It's a confession we make by faith. We need to see, we need to open our eyes to see his provision, the provision of his son to save us from our sins, the provision of his spirit to help us in our walk every day. May God help us to see that, that even when it feels like the hand of the Lord's against us, even behind a frowning providence, God still cares for his people. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we know that you are the God who is in control of all things. And when things go well, O oh God, we give you thanks and praise for your goodness to us. But so often, when things do not go well, the first thing we do is take our eyes off of you. Oh Lord God, help us to fix our eyes upon your Son, Jesus Christ, the one who, who would go all the way to death to secure our life, the one who will never leave us, never forsake us, the one who came to lodge among us. Lord God, encourage us and strengthen us tonight. Perhaps there are those here who right now are living behind that frowning providence. May you use your word and the power of your spirit to encourage and to strengthen and to give assurance that you are the God who is still in control. Hear our prayer, O oh God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.